You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Chris, I'm the host, and tonight I am joined on Scottish Cup fourth round weekend by Andy and Craig. How are you doing, guys? Hello. Evening, Chris. How are you doing? Uh, not bad, not bad at all. Um, I, I believe the two of you were at the same game this weekend. We were. Yes, yes. Aye, yeah. Where about uh, you? Sitting in the... What was it? Is it called the Dunblane Doubletree Stadium? Is it still called that? Because I love it. Bank. I just called it Fourth Bank as well. Ah, yeah, got to admit. Bank, yeah. Uh, um, I was sitting um, towards the end that Inverness was shooting into in the second half. Right. I decided to go with my son, first game of football together. So it was. Uh, I thought that it wasn't really the time to meet up. Whereabouts were you sitting? I was in the. I mean, the press area was actually in where the Inverness fans were. Um, quite strange. We were in sort of behind the away supporters. So. Um, oh, wait a minute, Andy. Was that you that set off that uh, <laughs> the, the pyro near the end? It's been a bit of a, a weekend for pyro, hasn't it? Yeah. Let's, let's not get into pyro that's early in the podcast. <laughs> it's been a pretty dominating topic, hasn't it? You know what, I, I, until this very moment, I could not have told you there was any pyro at Fourth Bank. That's why I brought it up, Chris, because some uh, people, they, they uh, ignore things like that. I've seen pyro at Recreation Park uh, in an Aloha, I think, Dunfermline game. Now seen it at Fourth Bank, but you don't hear about this. Yeah, it's, it's, it seems to be pretty much focused on uh, certain teams, unfortunately. Yep. But um, yeah, can, can we just reiterate that Pyro's actually banned at all these football stadiums? <laughs> because there's, there's massive debates on Twitter about, oh, it adds to atmosphere, or oh, it's a health and safety. They're banned. Stop it. Yep. It's that simple. <laughs> simple as that, yep. So that's, that's the SFF podcast's um, official line on Pyro. It's banned. Stop it. <laughs> Pretty much, Could yeah. be a podcast title. <laughs> <laughs> Could well be, yeah. um, You know when you were uh, introducing there, Chris, is this the first podcast I've been on where you've introduced? Because for some reason, I had to sit here and stop myself from speaking <laughs> because I was hearing these words that were, it was as if they were coming out of my mouth, but they weren't really. It was weird. I don't <laughs> know why. It's the second, I think. I think the last time you were on as a guest, I, I, I did the intro as well, so... Yeah, I think I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it's a second. That was strange. But yeah, that's exactly the same words that you used to say. So. <laughs> I, wait a minute, Chris, because <laughs> me and you both know that I used to spend ages trying to work out what I was going to say. You used to write it down, <laughs> I, and then I would say exactly the same thing. I'd go, wait a minute, wait a minute, we won't start just now, and then it just silence as the cogs were turning, trying to work out what to say, what would be witty, and then I'd just say the same thing. Yeah, but you know what the problem is? If you try and change it, you mess it up. I know you've yep. said that before. I tried to do it in German once and completely screwed it. Yep. <laughs> I remember that. Yes, I was on that one. <laughs> it seemed like a really clever thing to do until I realised I couldn't actually get the entire phrase out properly, but... And then as I was, I was stating what I was trying to say, I actually did it first time, which is really annoying. <laughs> Having cocked it up. Oh, that was the days. Anyway, we should probably crack on the podcast because there is lots to talk about. Um, maybe not so much in the game you guys are at, but uh, there's plenty of others in the, the games that took place. But first off, we'll start off with some really good news because uh, the charity bet came in. 
or one of the two charity bets came in, I should say. Good. Uh, we did have first goal scorer Craig Gunn for Elgin City, and although he didn't score first, he did score the second of three Elgin City goals in a 3-2 win, and that coupled with East Fife's win, a 1-0, uh, ensured that we got another £53 added to the, the charity pot, which takes us over a 400 mark, we're up to £409.28, pence, which is almost but not quite the total we got last season, and we're only in January, so... So fingers crossed that we can we can beat uh, last season's effort uh, and, and maybe uh, bust our way through it and get a few more wins before the end of the season. So that's the good news. Uh, He's have done well this season. Uh, I, I'd like to claim some of the credit there because when I, Craig I, and I, I were yes. on, we got the double. Yeah, I, I think I think everybody except me should claim credit for this because in the two weeks I was on holiday, we had Craig and Greg on and got a double and then the following week we had Andy on with John and you got a double on her. <laughs> so uh, there's only one person in this podcast has never actually achieved the double and it's me so, <laughs> so I, maybe I should just step back and let you guys do the charity bet later on <laughs> well that'd be taking a risk for me anyway I don't know about you Andy yeah um, I mean any time I've tried to plug Craig Gunn he's, I think he's always scored but it's never been the first one so um, I, I wouldn't like to claim too much credit for those records but uh yeah, we'll we'll give it another bash, I'm sure. Yep, but I think we're on we're on track to, to smash all previous records this season because we've got loads of games left. All right, heaps. Yep, and we'll be back to the league uh, next weekend anyway. So, but plenty of games to pick from as well. Although I mean, there was only three games to pick from. We managed to pick two. We picked the right two as well because I'm fairly sure we thought East Stirling were going to win and they didn't. That's right. Yeah. So we got the we got the bet absolutely spot on this week. So that was uh, not getting greedy was the key. So we should probably bear that in mind later on as well. Yep. Anyway, that was uh, the, the, we'll not talk too much about the league because there was very little to talk about. So we'll go on to the Scottish Cup. And uh, we probably should start off with, well, we mentioned the two that got postponed on Saturday. It was Dundee Falkirk, which was supposed to be rearranged for tomorrow night, but they revealed earlier today that Dundee's pitch is still a mess. So that will now be the 26th of January. And uh, East Kilbride versus Lothian Thistle Hutchison Vale is uh, to take place on a week on Wednesday. And I'm sure when we come to the draw, we'll be talking about them again. Possibly. Uh, I was reading, was it an East Kilbride player? He lives in London. And he comes up for the weekend to play games, obviously. And they were having to ask, get him to ask for time off. Off of the he, game week on Wednesday? I think he's a builder. Something like that. I should have wrote it down in my notes. I should, I should have started notes in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure I read that it was in the, the Sun, I think it was. Anyway. I've, I, I must Commu- have, commuting all the way from, from London for, for games. Yeah, that's a long journey. Aye, it said that he, he would uh, fly and then he would go on the first flight on early Monday morning. Aye, really keen. Fantastic effort. There's, a, there's probably a few stories throughout the Scottish Cup and I'm sure we'll come on to them. Um, I'm thinking standard goalkeepers, uh, uh, you know, um, An- Annan Athletic, uh, double goal scorer. Uh, I think he was. I think he's an apprentice. No, it's just standard guy. It's an apprentice joiner or something. The other guy's a student. <laughs> so it's, uh, That's what it's all about. Eh? Uh, is that, uh, I mean, we're, we're at the fourth round of the Scottish Cup, but this is when the the. The, the, the names that we don't usually hear get mentioned, we get to see teams we don't usually see on the highlights um, I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll probably come back to it, but I'll back to it, I think that's the first time I've seen them this season Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of players that you hear a lot of things yeah. about, but uh, I guess yeah, it's, 
I mean, how many until you actually catch the highlights yourself, that you you, you can begin to make a, a judgment for yourself. And uh, no, there were there were quite a lot of standouts. I've, I've got to say. I'm, I mean, come no, like uh, El Bakhtu is a name we've mentioned a lot in this podcast. So yep. do we get to yeah. It's the first time I've seen him. It's uh, <laughs> is it, is that was quite amusing. But I, I mean, I was quite impressed. I must admit. Um, There's a lot of talent there, uh, Cardell and El Bakhtu. I think they're doing quality. Yeah, and um, well, well, we've we've started from as well talking about Dunfermline and Ross County because this was probably one of my favourite games of the weekend. Probably the best one, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a it was a true cup game. Everybody was putting everything they could into it. There was some cracking goals. There was some controversy. There was, I mean, it was a, it was very much a, the underdog being Dunfermline uh, taking on the Premiership team, the Ross County, and if anything, Dunfermline were lucky not to win the game. They were, yeah. Um, I thought uh, well, Jim McIntyre seemed pretty relieved afterwards uh, that they, they got away with the, um, you know, the replay, despite having had the lead twice. Um, obviously, you mentioned the controversy there. They were they were very fortunate to to even get the, the chance to to win that penalty that, that resulted in the second goal. Given the, I mean, it was a clear foul by Brian Graham, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I heard I heard the phrase clothesline. Mentioned, oh, I thought <laughs> that was John would have liked that for John. his WWF yeah. reference. <laughs> but aye, it was, I mean, I, mean, I think it was a, a double whammy because Brian Graham was the one that closed line Talbot and then he was the one that took the penalty. Yes. Yep. But I suppose, I, I mean, it cancelled it out because Brad McKay was the man that gave away the penalty and then he got the second equaliser. So. Yeah. So it was pretty much a, it was an entertaining but, uh, game anyway. I was a bit was. disappointed with uh, how Sports Scene did their uh, commentary because it, it was a wee bit. It's, it confused me anyway because I knew the scoreline. Yeah, I was watching the highlights, and when it was coming up to half time, the, the commentator was talking as if Dunfermline had this was their last gasp chance to level it. And I was like, that's confusing. But then it was like, oh, aye, that's half time. It was weird. <laughs> Maybe I'm easily confused. No, I, 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 I remember thinking that was a bit confusing as well. But yeah, Must have just been a frantic cup tie that uh, just had. Action swinging from end to end, but I got, uh, I got that impression. I think um, we were saying about uh, Jim McIntyre being relieved to get up the road and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. Cup. I think that's probably. I think the best way to describe it was Scott Fox was the busier of the two goalkeepers. Definitely, so, yeah. And, and the yeah. highlights looked that way, and he had some cracking saves. I thought, he, I thought he played really well. Yeah, he, uh, ironically, he did blunder for the for the Mackay goal. Um, I mean, he, he came out for that cross yeah. and got nowhere near it. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's a bit unfortunate given the, the, the good saves you had that that, that that may be the thing that people focus on. Yeah, although in, in saying that in, in Fox's defence, most of the you know the impressive saves came after that mistake. So you know it showed a good reaction from Fox. Um, he's he's certainly a, a capable goalkeeper. Um, McIntyre made made reference to that when I spoke to him earlier today. Actually, he was uh, you know men- mentioned the fact he was he was definitely at fault for the goal, but uh, his work afterwards kept them in the tie. So. Yes. Uh, no, no, it's, it's good to it's recognised it that, that, that way. Um, yes. Right, yeah, because it was, there was one, I think, uh, was it Michael Moffat hit the ball? I mean, he kind of fell on it at one point. Unbelievable, oh, yeah. Lucky. Yeah, the ah, ball kind of rolled and hit his arm, and that was the only reason he managed to get it the second time. Yeah. It was just because he, he, he didn't seem to be looking at it at all. It's just that wee bit of luck sometimes what makes a difference. Yeah, I think I think my favourite one though was the one that I thought at first held back to he just hit the the bar with it, but you seen it in the replay that Fox actually did get a touch on it, and yeah, it enough to take it onto the bar because that was a terrific. I mean, held back to he had to do it twice uh, during the game, he had to post there or on the game as well. Mm-hmm. But the the one off the crossbar, I thought that was dipping in, and 
it was only when I seen the replay, I seen why it didn't happen. Yep, the yeah. one thing about him is uh, the the threat that he has is that, that he doesn't really do a lot of backlift, and he somehow gets such power in the shots. It's so difficult for defenders to to deal with that because you don't know when the shots coming, and obviously very difficult for keepers. So yeah, it's all the more impressive that he managed to get that fingertip just to touch it up. Yeah, he certainly came came across as being very impressive in the in the match. Elbeck too. Um, I mean, his 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 goal for the, the equaliser was was a great hit too, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, Fox had no chance with with that one. Yeah, I mean, but, it was uh, a good ball down the line from Cardo as well. I think Nate Cardo and Elbeck too seem to link up pretty well. There seems to be a real good partnership yeah. there. Yeah, Cardo was in the in, in the papers on on Saturday actually. Kind of, um, it was about sort of proving a point to McIntyre because. The pair of them worked together twice. Uh, McIntyre had him first time round at Dunfermline when when the two of them were there, um, and they got on like a house on fire. Cardell was prominent part of the team that got got Dunfermline promoted, um, and so when McIntyre got the county job last season and Cardell was there as a Derek Adams signing, mm-hmm. everyone kind of expected it to to all click again. But well, Cardell only made five starts under under McIntyre and. Cardell was kind of saying that the the relationship changed completely, and um, you know his hard work on the training ground wasn't getting, uh, you know, kind of rewarded with with much by way of game time on a on a Saturday, and that was to his great frustration. So, I think you can see that he's enjoying his football a lot more, albeit at a you know a lower level. But uh, there's a lot to be said for playing week in week out in a you know in an attacking team like Dunfermline obviously have. Um, he was a little bit subdued at, at County, I felt. He, he never really got a sustained run. Um, very much kind of a player that was that was brought on from the bench um, without without ever really kind of looking like he was going to nail down a, a place in the team. He never really did enough in his time on the park. But um, no, full credit to him for, for uh, you know, finding his feet again at Dunfermline. He's, um, you know, obviously got a good thing on the go there. It's odd um, what you're saying about having to leave County and, and go to Dunfermline because the County, I think one of the, the key points for this game was it was two teams that liked to attack, and it was quite similar in the way they were they were kind of they would go for it against each other. So you would have thought it might be not fit into the Ross County team, but I mean it's it's, it's good that he is he's getting the best of himself at Dunfermline now. So yeah, and I think you know what the game probably showed was that the Dunfermline team, the way it is just now, is certainly capable of holding its own at a a higher level. Um, I suppose you only really need to look at their their form. You know they've, uh, you know, built up a, a nine point lead at the, the top of the division, haven't they? Yep. Um, I think they've they've gone fourteen league games unbeaten. So, um, you know, they're, they're well on course for the championship. And definitely, from what we saw on Saturday, they, you know, they're more than a match for a from a Premiership team on their on their day as well. Oh, I mean, if you look at the last couple of teams that have come up out of that, uh, well, League One, I suppose. I mean, there was Rangers two seasons ago, and they obviously they they, they, were, they were expected to do well in, in the Championship. But even Morton, they, they they came up last season, and they've, uh, I mean, they're they're pushing playoff spot at the moment. So certainly, I mean, there's, there's precedent there for Dunfermline to be the next team to come out of that division and then push on again. They'd be right in saying that the team before Rangers was Queen of the South, maybe? Yeah, under yeah Alan I, I, because Queen of the South were setting record targets in, in, in League One under Alan Johnson, like you said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, Alan Johnson's just effectively repeating what he was doing a couple of years ago. Then. <laughs> That's right, yeah. It's good to see them, uh, a club of that stature, 
uh, hopefully getting back to where they belong in Scottish football because it, it just it just didn't seem right that they were languishing down there. Uh, such a, a nice stadium, such a strong backing that they've got. Yeah, when there's a successful Dunfermline team, they're they're always received by a, a really strong home support. Um, I mean, their their crowd for the uh, well, what's probably it's you know they, they had a Fife derby the other week against Cowdenbeath, and although that's possibly not the the most um, kind of recognisable of Fife derbies, um, you, you know you would probably tend to look for Wraith Rovers. Um, or even going with, out with Fife. I mean, Dunfermline treat Falkirk as a, a yep. derby fixture as well. But <laughs> even, those. I, um, but even at the Cowdenbeath game, they, they had over 5,000 there, which was more than one or two Premiership uh, crowds. So, yeah, no, a, a huge club. There's no doubt about that. No, I thought it's great to see Dunfermline coming back on a, 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 a strong footing again because they did have the financial troubles. They're now fan on. Which it's it's they seem to be doing quite well now, which I'm glad to see, and it'll be it'll be good to see how they progress over the next few years. Yeah, interested to see how the replay goes tomorrow night as well. That's that's what yeah, I think that's one the one disappointing aspect of this is because I, when I was watching the highlights, I was thinking it would be great if somebody picks up the the, the replay of this. But then it's yeah, like, yeah, I think it's almost too quick to, to arrange it. I would have thought. I mean, my understanding was Sky used to pick up the replays if they could, but yeah. I mean this would have been a, a, a prime one to pick up. I mean you know. They know how to get a dingwall, obviously, for their time in the, uh, covering the Premiership. And I think that should have been a good game to cover, but sadly it's going to be a, a radio-only job. Yeah, I think um, they, they probably have the, the option to do that, but uh, maybe, maybe it has to be a, a you know a certain level of tie before they, they get interested and uh, you know they just don't see it as being a, a you know a good enough fit for them. But I would suggest that any uh, any glance at you know Saturday's highlights would would. You know, show and it would prove that it would be a worthy uh, candidate to be on on the television. It would be fantastic. Uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was certainly my favourite game to watch and, and across all fourteen ties. It was not that I'm watching sports because we had a lot of sports in this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it, was it was good. good. It's good to have it on Saturday. I, I say that, but then we watched this earlier today. <laughs> well, I watched it on Sunday as well, and yet I was going to say something along the, the same lines that it was refreshing to have it on a Saturday night. But I watched it Sunday morning while I was in my bed, so it suited me nicely. No, but there was a nice length of highlights of each game as well. I mean, there was some that like, they focused on a few of the games, but other ones they showed at least the goals. And but the games they focused on, like this one, this, I think that's the highlights of this went on for about ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, which was great. I mean, when you consider we only usually get about five minutes of a, a Premiership game, it was good to see a bit more of the game. That's the thing, yeah. But I, I suppose the games that they they feature in a bit more detail um, are games that they've selected in advance because obviously they've got the the close up camera angles and uh, and so they've they've obviously made that selection beforehand. So if the game is a bit of a, a dead rubber, then sometimes it can be a case of you know them very much stretching. Um, you know, looking for for incidents when they're probably not really happening in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that was certainly not the case for this one. I mean, ten minutes worth of highlights, but um, we probably could have got more. Probably could, probably could have been <laughs> yeah. more. Yeah, exactly. It, it was good to see. I mean, I, I mean, I, they tried. I mean, they tried to do it with because it was pretty much the first game on. Was it the Anand Athletic win over Hamilton? And they tried to make out that oh, we knew there was going to be a, a, a potential upset here, and you're looking at the kind of coverage going, no, you never. <laughs> You, know, you expected nothing from this game, and you've yeah. tried to make the most of it. And it was good to see that they got a couple of the guys in on, sun, on, on, on Sunday's coverage. Like they got the Anand Athletic Manager in, they got the boy, uh, 
Omar. Robin Omar. Robin Omar, yeah. He got him in as well, and he didn't exactly speak the best, but then he started, you know? That's right, yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. been thrown in a limelight, which is, is a bit unexpected. So, I mean, well, we'll move on to this game now, because this was this was the big story of the, the weekend. Was, was, they didn't, I don't know, they didn't just beat Hamilton, Aggies. They hammered them. Unbelievable. Yep. You know, when a, when a lower league team takes the lead early on against a Premiership outfit, you know, you you would expect Hamilton to heed the early warning sign there. Um, you know, you, you often hear managers saying that if you're going to go a goal down, then it might as well be after five minutes, you know, because it means you've got 85 to do something about it. But my goodness, that never happened here. That was, uh, I, you know, I, I fully expected Hamilton to, to get back into the game when they pulled it back to 2 1. But I think everybody did. And I think uh, Pat Nevin probably nailed this as saying that the key moment is a third goal. Because of what because of the way they lose it, Hamilton don't just like, concede a goal; they gift it. Yes, yeah. Aye, it was embarrassing. And one thing about Pat Nevin that I quite enjoyed, quite enjoyed. I quite like uh, him as a pundit when he's allowed to get fairly technical, because he is full of cliches when he's sitting back in his seat. But see, when you get him up in front of a screen like that, I think he's very knowledgeable, and he, and he can tell you exactly why players are doing things or. or uh, what they should be doing in certain scenarios. Yeah, he got a big screen for the Hearts Aberdeen game. I think uh, that was that yeah. was the one that he, he started doing the kind of match the day style uh, kind of work for. But I, I thought he was using that for the sake of using it because I don't think there was anything to add by telling us yeah. that screen. The previous week it worked a bit better because the previous week was when it was sort of fresh at the, the happened for Christmas, but this week it was just a case of, we've got this big screen, but this was obviously the game that BBC covered. Yes. Uh, so here, here, here I'm just going to draw on the screen and draw some arrows. These guys should defend better. Really? Is that what you can come up with? But no, I, 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 I take what Greg's saying. I thought Pat Nevin was, when he was getting a bit more technical, and like, uh, like, the Dundee United game, for instance, he was, he was like showing how Blair Spittle basically scored the same free kick twice. Yeah, and in, in consecutive weeks, and he's right. I mean, it was it was. The, what, I know we're talking about games here now, but like the Dundee United, the other game was another one we were expect, expecting. There could be a, a, a shock in there, and or, or there was always that chance that Dundee United could kick on and maybe get a decent win, and that would help me in, the, in the, the Premiership season. But ultimately, we got neither. I don't think I, I thought we just got exactly the same with Dundee United as we've had in previous weeks. They had a lot of chances. They never took them. It was a bit of brilliance for Blair Spittle that's won the game and got them the, the place in the next round. But other than that, Dundee United, I don't think it was much Dundee United could take for that game to say, now we can kick on for our season. No. Um, I think the record's on the wall there. I think that unless Thompson uh, digs deep, which he, he's talked about, he, he almost seems to be ignoring the possibility of relegation at the moment. I think the, the writing's on the wall for them. They're too far adrift now. And as you say, that this was a potential to take something, maybe kick on. I suppose only time will tell, but they, they did certainly didn't do it emphatically. And if it wasn't for, as you say, another <clears> another <throat> moment from Spittle, they could have been going into a replay. Going to be difficult for them to build on that one, though, because their next fixture is against Celtic on Friday. Uh, it doesn't yeah. really get much tougher than that. Um, you know, because a 1-0 win like that, you know, no matter how, how it's delivered, just the, I suppose the the novelty of actually celebrating it full time. It's been a bit lost on them of you know, in recent weeks. Um that might just have kind of galvanized them. Uh and you never know. There could be a you know, something more of a 
uh, you know, a release for them uh, ahead of the game on on Friday. But well, that, that, that's a very good point actually because no one will expect them to do much against Celtic. Well, yeah. the team language near the bottom of the table. That's only their second win in fifteen games. Yeah. They're playing Celtic at the top of the league. The pressure's all on Celtic. If Dundee United can get in this game, that might kick on their season. Well, that, that's, said, that, that, that certainly would, yes. But you say, it was a novelty to be able to celebrate at the end of the game. So, I mean, maybe we want to get that feeling again, maybe be a bit more positive. So they could possibly build on it. Without, I mean, like you say, without the pressure to, to play against Celtic, then they can, have, they can relax a little. Yeah. John Rankin was on the radio earlier on tonight and uh, it, was, it was quite quite funny actually he was he was saying that uh, in the build up to the to the Airdrie game he did noticed uh, a load of um press guys who I suppose he knows probably quite well now because he's he's done quite a lot of media work himself uh Rankin you know with the BBC um but you know he, he saw probably what he'd consider a, a disproportionate number of, of kind of reporters that were there considering the the game um obviously preying on on there being some sort of shock um, that was probably the game that they anticipated there being a shock in. So um, he was kind of saying that that, you know, seeing that level of attention being thrust upon this game um, and the potential for Dundee United to to collapse, uh, you know, brought brought upon a bit of motivation for the the United squad. Um, you know, it made them made them think, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna be the ones that are falling victim to a cup shock here in front of. Uh, in front of a load of you know reporters that are waiting like vultures for us to to uh, you know implode. A good point because uh, that's that's Max's team talk sorted. Yeah, just yeah. get out there and have a look across. Stick two fingers up to them. Show them what we can do. But having said that, I don't think they would help too much with Thompson's uh, comments in, earlier in the week. He was basically very critical of, of Jackie McNamara and how his signings hadn't really done all that well in recent sort of months. And, and you're, you're thinking, well, some of those guys are still there. <laughs> some of those guys are the, yep. the guys that Mixie Patalina is putting out on the pitch. It seemed lunacy, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's also that aspect of Stephen Thompson almost washing his hands of the whole thing. It's like, well, you're the guy that signed all these off. You're also the guy that helped push through the, the sale of other good players for the the bank balance. So he surely he has to take some sort of responsibility. Yeah. It's um, a strange one, and it's stranger to hear that McNamara was consulting lawyers. I don't know if that's just paper talk, but I found that interesting that I thought, I thought it was fairly obvious that there has to be some criticism laid at his door. Yeah, he's coming. He's getting lawyers potentially involved simply because Thompson's saying that it was recruitment issues. I don't know. Perhaps when he left, they signed a deal to say that there wouldn't be any criticism either way, and perhaps that's the issue there. But McNamara needs to stand up and say, "Look, I quite simply didn't do a good enough job this season." Whether it's recruitment, whether it was results, I don't know. But getting lawyers involved seems a bit strange. It does, yeah. You'd think you want to draw a line under it somewhere along the line. But then I suppose if McNamara's wanting to get another job somewhere down the line, they could do with former chairman laying all the, the, the blame at his door. Yeah, um, the York City job isn't going terribly well for him just now, so um, I'm sure he's got uh, enough to, to worry about yeah. himself uh, without you know concerning himself with you know what's being said by his former chairman. Because um, I mean, in listening to the interview, 
or certainly, I'm not sure if there were more than one, you know, interview given by by Stephen Thompson, but um, you know, he didn't he didn't address McNamara by name. You know, he, he kind of he, he skirted around doing that. He, he he kind of made reference to the the recruitment and and the fact that the, the signings hadn't been good enough. Uh, but you know, it was it was very obvious. You know that that's where the the blame was was being attributed. Um, but he never never mentioned McNamara by name. So um, that's it was an interesting one when I saw uh, McNamara was considering legal action. Got to got to see. Go back to the the, the 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 free kick. though. do you think it was a free kick that Spurs got from in the first place? It looked a bit soft. Mm, I wasn't I wasn't convinced. I don't think Airdrie uh, were too happy about it either. So, understandably, because that's it's the goal that's uh, costing the at least the replay. So, well, it did look a wee bit soft. Yeah. All right. So let's go on and talk about. Well, let's go back to the Friday night game. I mean, that was a an, another chance for a cup shot. Possibly was the uh, part of this was visit to to Paisley to play St Martin. But. Uh, Turned out it wasn't in you know, close to a shock because Partick Thistle ended up with a two lead, which one really paid back in the last couple of minutes. This, this is a weird one, though. I mean, this is a game that we're all sitting about thinking, why is it Friday night? <laughs> uh, yes. I don't know what's happening with St Mirren because you, you'd think that when they went down, I, I, just, I, I didn't expect them to have such a bad season and then to be knocked out of the cup as well. It's just, it's gone from bad to worse for them. I, I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't know. There's going to be a couple of seasons at least in the championship, possibly more. I don't know if it's a, a downward trend that we've seen at Dunfermline. I don't know if it's going to get as bad as that. Yeah, um, I also didn't expect it to, to work out so badly for Ian Murray. You know, I, I thought he was very much ready for the the step up to full-time football. Um, I was surprised to see him, you know, not uh, you know not succeed there. I think I, I I think we all said at the time that uh, it looked like a much more positive appointment. Um, I mean, through the last sort of few months, we've said that what Danny Lennon had done a really good job there, and it was a shame that they, they parted, and then they put Tommy Craig in charge, and it was a bit of a disaster. And then Gary Teal came in, and he was kind of already fighting a losing battle when he took the job. But he didn't have any experience, so to get Ian Murray in seemed like a good move. But then oh, he was an up-and-coming manager. He was yeah. doing well at Dumbarton. It just never seemed to work out for him. And now, now they've put Art Gray in charge. He occasionally seems to look as if they've got him firing again. But I mean, they were, it was a bit of a difficult one for him this week. <coughs> Point party Thistle, who have been in a good run of form recently, and been flying, yeah, been getting decent results. So for them to have to, I mean, Tony was too one to party Thistle might actually be seen as a decent result. Uh, and Stephen Thompson. Repeating the name here, but uh, Stephen Thompson, the footballer. <laughs> He's just Stephen Thompson, the Dunny Lady donor. Uh, he was on what sports scene. He was he was coming away with, with, with points. They're only nine points behind the playoff spot in the championship. That's the focus this season. If they can get that, then they might stand a chance of, of bouncing back up again. But they're a long way off. That. They're going to need to start putting together a kind of run of, uh, of wins before they, they get to that point. So, so if anything, maybe the Scottish Cup could be a bit of distraction for them. They were relegated into a very, very tough championship. Um, you know, with the with with Hibs and Rangers being being in that league, it was it was difficult for them to to go down and and instantly, 
you know, harbour ambitions of. I'm sure deep down they did have ambitions of of being up there, you know, in amongst the, you know, the top two, top three. But um, I'm sure realistically they knew it was going to be quite difficult, you know, this this year of all years. Um, yeah, I mean, David looked at it as Hearts were gone, so that was fine. They didn't have to deal with that last season. Like Rangers, Hibs, Queen of the South and Falkirk were all pretty strong, so they were going to have to get in among those four. Yes, Some that, that, that's probably what they were realistically yeah, looking they, for. They, they probably looked at Queen of the South and thought they've weakened their back there, maybe that's the, the, the place that we can take. So I think that the, 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 the what Morton coming up and, and being challengers up there has been a bit of a surprise. The rest Rovers are obviously strengthened quite a bit and they're, they're up there challenging as well. Yeah, they, yeah they've probably been... Sorry. I know, so I was just going to say that there's a lot of quality from the, the teams that I've seen, uh, ignoring the, the first game of the season. Uh, I, I can see a case for, for the, the table looking as it is. Even teams like Livingston, uh, when they've come to Ibrox, I, I thought that they, they played better football than St Mirren. Uh, it's just... Aloha, no, I would, I would say that. But yeah, I, I think St Mirren, possibly 7th, 8th, from what I've seen. Uh, against Rangers, anyway. That would be a, a fair assessment, sort of seventh or eighth best in the in the league. I think that says quite a lot about the strength of the championship, actually. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I mean, from what I've seen, uh, uh, highlights of sports scene, I've not really watched much the uh, championship live, but certainly the highlights, I, I would tend to agree with you on that one. So uh, I think like, there's certainly room for improvement with someone, but it's a difficult improvement because it is quite a strong league. Yeah, I think it's something we touched upon last week, Chris. I mean, obviously Falkirk have managed to get themselves, you know, right up there. Yeah. Um, they've they've made what people were anticipating as being a top two uh, kind of race for the title into, you know, you would have to call it a top three now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the kind of level below that is kind of made up of, of Wraith Rovers, Queen of the South and Morton. Um now that's where you'd expect St Mirren to be. Um, you know, the top three remaining as it is would only allow there to be one, one more team sneaking into the playoffs. So um, it's a big ask considering you know how relatively consistent the you know, the other other three teams have been. But um, yeah, as as you say, Morton have been the, the surprise package, haven't they? You know, they've they've taken. The, the step up to the championship in their in their stride and and more, um, very impressive job that Jim Duffy's done there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they've been rewarded with a, a decent enough tie in the the next round as well. They've they've uh, they've got Annan. Uh, so yeah, I mean Annan might be the, the ones that are looking at it going hmm, maybe that could have been a bit better. <laughs> Yeah, given they've dispatched a Premiership team, they're now they're now looking at a Championship team. So it's a very much a. Did you think they were going to get a, 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 a maybe a big payday, or if maybe they thought they could like get a team to make it past? Yeah, it's going to be a bit difficult, I would think. But we'll see. I I mean, Morton's uh, game was probably one that went under the radar a bit because very much so. Yeah, away to Livingston. Uh, it was only one goal in the game. Uh, obviously, only just officially appointed David Hopkins as a manager this week. They've got other priorities. It's you know, so so Morton got the job done. They're, they they put themselves in the hat today, and, and that was the important thing. So I don't think I've really had much else to talk about that game, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about the Linlithgow Rose game, I thought that was uh, that was really good. To, the highlights, the way they they just let the the game run 
for the, the the third and final goal. Yes. Yeah, I mean, did you set up the position they were in? Because uh, at one each, well, let's go and for let's go over with a penalty, which was a red card. Had the dispute, the game's a bit shit. So, well, let's go Rose went down to 10 men. Forfar then scored the penalty to go 2 1 up. Later went 3 1 up. So you would think that the, the, the League One team are bound to see this out with the, the junior team sort of struggling to, like, with the 10 men. But I mean, fifth point of Alaska Rose, they battled their way into it, back into it. I don't think Forfar were exactly defending too well in, the, in the, either goal that, that, that followed that. But um, certainly, certainly the one that was in the, the, the second goal was just. Really bad marking, um, yeah. but the, the 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 third one had some nice footwork, uh, and it was a good finish by Graham Weir as well. Yeah, he really took it well. Yeah, it was a little flick at the edge of the box, so I, I really liked. Yes, that right. was that was a beautiful it was good, flick. Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably stand out for me was the way it came about with the the, the pressing. Yeah, I think this straight from the kickoff, wasn't it? Yeah, it's not a sexy side of football, but the way they they hemmed them in. The, they could have hoofed it, but but Forfar decided not to. And I, I like that. I like that they they pressured them into the mistake, and then you know, which led on to the goal. I liked also the the be uh, touch of the the people, the fans standing behind the goal <laughs> on the hill, the grass bank. But I never wanted to name it. Was, no, it's, this isn't Wimbledon. Stop it. <laughs> not was that the stadium? Rebound. Aye, uh, that was taking it a bit far. Was he going to name it after Weir? I, I wasn't really sure there. He was getting carried away. But was that the, the ground that has uh, the white wall? Yes, the pitch? that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting. I, I quite like that. I like. I quite like uh, seeing that in, in uh, Scottish Cup. And uh, I just wish that sports scene had maybe a wee bit more time to to just show you the the stadium. Like maybe an aerial shot. You know how match of the day in England, they give you an aerial shot and they show you the the surrounding area and then they zoom in. I know that's maybe a bit too fancy, but I would like to see yeah. a wee bit more. I'd like to see shows the main stand because you you rarely see the stand that the cameras in. But just get a wee bit of feel for the the club and the and the the, the uh, local area and just see how how it fits in. You don't have a lot of time, but even just quick thirty seconds, yeah, maybe even least... twenty less than that. These features are quite good, yeah. You know, I suppose interviewing some some locals and, um, you know, asking them about how long they've supported the the club and, um, I mean, I suppose the one thing that maybe stopped them doing that was the fact that it perhaps wasn't the most glamorous of ties, um, you know, and, and on paper, see if Lonlithgow had been playing a, a Premiership outfit, then mm-hmm. uh, chances are they, you know, might have attracted that level of level of attention from, you know, the. The producers, but uh, but no, no, I certainly certainly agree. I always enjoy watching these these wee features uh, about unlikely destinations for uh, for you know cup ties to be to be at in the I suppose the, the latter stages. Yeah, fun enough, one of the features was for your game, the, the game you were at uh, the Stirling Albion Inverness game, because obviously they were looking at Inverness. This is the first time they've ever had to go in at somebody's holders. Yeah. Um, the, the one I think the biggest surprise of the features in sports team was they then spoke to Craig Beattie. Who's at Stirling Albion these days? And obviously Craig Beatty knows his way to Hamden as well. Yes, uh, that's right. I was showing my son the the video of that celebration. Yeah. Uh, It's not pretty, is it? (laughs) No, I loved it. It certainly wasn't from my angle. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He came on. uh, It's always interesting going to to, uh, grounds like Fourth Bank. and 
and listening to the the locals, I know I'm a local, but you know what I mean. Listening to the the <laughs> fans talk about their team and Craig Beatty was getting some abuse for the, the the some folk behind me, just really just not looking forward to him coming on at all, slating him at everything he'd done. So I think that they certainly felt that he was he was past it. He was okay when he came on, but he just didn't suit the counter attacking that they had to do because at that point still an Albion were camped in just clinging on trying to get the odd breakaway which they almost scored is Craig, is Craig Beatty really past that? well he can't be that old surely he can't he, be he, he, was, he was a boy uh, 2003 04 for Celtic so I mean he's, that's 12 years ago well, he was playing to a decent standard well. you know for a fair chunk of that time I mean he, he went down south and he was okay I mean he didn't uh didn't set the header alight down down south, but he, you know, he, he was still involved in the odd Scotland squad. He scored that goal against Georgia, that was about two thousand and seven, I think. Um, and then, obviously, when he got the move to Hearts, that that worked out very well for him. He was he was very successful there, uh, albeit didn't stick around for too long. But um, career since that, uh, you know, triumph in the in the final. In 2012, uh, career seems to have, have kind of spiralled uh, very much downhill. Looking at his stats, and he just doesn't seem to be playing. No, often enough. No, 22 games for air last season, and that was. Yep. He's now obviously moved on. He's played twice for Star Wars. I mean, according to Wikipedia, it might be more than that. Depends how quickly he keeps us up to date. Well, it was quite late before he came on, wasn't it, Craig? It I mean, was, he, yeah. Um, but no, I agree. I mean, they obviously Sterling were approaching it in the on the counter attack at that stage. But in doing so, I, I, for me, I, I felt they, they had the better of the, the chances in the second half. To be honest. Um, oh yeah, that was one of the the, the things that uh, I enjoyed about the game. There, there wasn't many chances. There wasn't a lot to to look upon if you were following it on teletext or, or whatever nowadays. No. But. At the game, I, I did enjoy the the underdog squaring up to to Inverness, and as you say, in the second half, perhaps having the the better chances. I think it was really it, it was a, a case of Sterling growing in belief, wasn't it? You know, they they, they kind of sussed Inverness out really, uh, and and realised that there wasn't you know there wasn't persistent pressure coming coming their way. You know, for all Inverness had plenty of possession. Their chances were were few and far between. It, it has to be said. Yes, I think Yogi at the end of the the games uh, summed it up when he he said that they dodged a bullet. Yeah, um, yeah, he seemed relieved. Yep. Their best yeah. chance came after just nine minutes with Danny Williams going one on one. You know, hit the ball straight at the keeper. Probably should have done better with that, but uh, you know, really can't recall there being too much for the. Uh, Sterling Albion keeper Wallace Smith to be to be too concerned about you know he... no there was a couple near the end where there was balls flashing across uh, the face of goal when there was yes. a bit of possible naivety from the defence uh, in terms of leaving the ball and letting it bounce across the face of goal but that's right nothing more than that no um, because I mean Inverness changed their shape entirely at half time um, they, they played a really funny formation. To begin with, they'd Nat Wedderburn supporting Miles Story kind of down the the left hand, almost the kind of left wing. Um, really not a position he's familiar with. I mean, he's he's very much a holding 
midfield player. So um, I'm not entirely sure what what was going on there. I, I don't know if Hughes was anticipating, you know, a battle in midfield and, and wanted, you know, an extra an extra kind of big guy there to to sort of match up to them there. But um, changed the shape at, at half time and, and went four four two, bringing on the the debutant Alex Fisher who. Um, looked looked lively enough. I guess it would take him a while to, um, you know, get a partnership going with with Miles Story. Um, he looked very course, confident when he came on. He did. Yeah, he had one shot on the turn, which Smith did well to save. Um, that was a decent attempt. Um, but you know, for a guy that's on form uh, and has just signed a you know a loan extension, Miles Story, I thought he was very quiet. Um, that was a combination of not getting enough service and not really, you know, doing enough to to sort of beat the, you know, get the better of the the Sterling defence. I thought I thought he was well sussed out by Ross Forsyth, um, you know, well marshalled and uh, just had a, a very quiet and ultimately disappointing afternoon story. So many balls up were anticipated well by the defence and just intercepted. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever find out what happened to McKinley when he went off the Stirling Albion fullback? Yeah, yeah, it was a, a back injury, I believe. Um, I mean, it, it sort of looked as if he was stretching for the for the ball. Um, I yeah. think he might have had hamstring problems in the in the past, um, and I think it was it was maybe uh, a back injury that, that you know kind of stemmed from 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 that perhaps. Yes. Yep. Um, so no, it didn't didn't look good at all. I mean, he, that was only after twelve minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he was going. He was shepherding the ball out, and it was one of those that you see the ball going out and just think, right, that's it. Yeah, uh, change your focus onto something else in the game. The movement for the the throw in, and then suddenly he was on the deck and a lot of pain, and a stretcher had to come out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so not not entirely sure on the the length of time he's out for, but. Uh, Back injury was was certainly what I what I heard. Um, there was a guy sitting behind me. He wasn't very sympathetic. He he was oh. actually celebrating, which was a bit unfortunate. You've seen a guy in quite a lot of pain, and he's gone good, good. We'll play a lot better now. He's gone off. I'm like, no, wait a minute. He's on a stretcher, hands <laughs> in his face. Anything could have happened to him, and you're, you're yeah, right you. Yeah. Well, you could do without that. Yeah. yeah. No doubt about that. I'm quite impressed. I've managed to talk so long about the game at finishing nothing each. <laughs> well, I've not even that's... talked about pies or, or juice or anything like that. Did you I get a pie? Nah, yes. I didn't actually. Oh, what? Did. did you get a pie, Andy? I, I did, and I actually have got to say it's one of the best Scotch pies I've had all season. Oh, aye. without a shadow of a doubt. I thought it was excellent. Um, <laughs> I can't think of anything worse on this podcast than for you to tell Craig that the stadium he was at had really good pies, and Craig didn't get one. I, did, I did. <laughs> I was going out for a meal straight after the game. Ah, right, yeah, I fell so, for uh, Understandable. <laughs> yeah, but, but no, it, was, it was a shame. I, I queued up, but I ended up missing the first five minutes of the second half because I was queuing. They, were, they weren't ready for the influx of uh, Sterling locals and, and various <laughs> fans. Yeah, what was the crowd again? Just over just over 1,000, was it? 200. Aye. That's not bad. I mean, you'll, you'll have seen the away support uh, from the, the other side, was it? Okay, I mean, it seemed seemed reasonably busy in the Maybe three quarters full. Aye, which uh, is I quite liked how the, the the young team moved to to follow their, their teams the the goal that they were attacking into. 
I liked that. I liked the, the, the drumming, but I didn't like the pyro, as, as we've said before. No, That's I right, yeah. For that. Although That's... I did think it was you, Andy, but I apologise for that. <laughs> Unfortunately not, no. Um... They let it off near the end of the game because I think they realised that, look, we're not going to get a goal here. We might as well just let it off. <laughs> They've been waiting for it, yeah. Funny feeling there was one of them let off in the in the Highland Derby at the start of the year as well. In which case, that would be a, a 100% pyro uh, charge sheet that they've, they've got so far in the calendar year. I'm starting to think it may be you. <laughs> you don't want to choose. Aye. But you must be a suspect, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm I'm nowhere to be seen this weekend. They've got Kilmarnock away, and I'm not covering that one. So, ah, if, if there's nothing there, then start start getting then suspicious. We'll yep. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's move. On. We should just point out that both the the, the a game that will be at Inverness and a game that will be at Forfa. The replays will be a week on Tuesday. So, again, well, I suppose Inverness might get picked up early, maybe. Maybe. Um, I, I, if it was me, I'd go for, for uh, well, let's go Rose, but that's me because I'm a little romantic when it comes to the cup. So. Yeah. I don't, I, 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 I don't really see either of them, to be honest. Uh, to be honest, if, if they're going to pick any game at all and I don't know if they're allowed to or not because it's not technically a replay, Dundee Falkirk. That's yeah. asking to be covered by the telling. Yep. And it's a few weeks away, so they could plan it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Depends if it's Champions League back. No, not back to February. Right, okay, okay. And of course, it, it could go to a, you know that that could finish in a draw, so it could go to a yes. replay. Yes, so, so that could you know, after that. get to that game. That's so, right. Um, right, I'm not. I'm, I'm going to skip over a couple of games here because there wasn't a lot uh, to really talk about. Motherwell gubbed uh, Cove Rangers five 0 I don't think anybody was expecting anything other than that. To be honest, I no. think the early goals in the game probably killed that as any chance whatsoever. Because I don't like Motherwell turn up in about five minutes. <laughs> quite even, even the Cove manager said, you know, that, that was the last thing we wanted. Yeah, well, quite enjoyed reading his comments actually saying we were well in the game for the first 80 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, good good effort. I mean, I'm, I'm delighted for Cove to get you know a tie like that. They were the they were the first team I ever covered actually um, in, the, in the Highland League back when they played at Allen Park. So I was delighted to see them land a, a plum draw like that. Um, obviously, a tough experience for them, but one 0 will benefit from, I'm sure. Alright, I would think so. And I, I, I hope they get a bit of money out of it as well. I would think so, yeah. I didn't see what the crowd was, but uh aye. Um good exposure for the for the club as well. How are they doing in the Highland League anyway? They're 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 doing quite well. Um I, I mean their form has dipped a wee bit in recent weeks because they I mean they I think they won their first 15, 16 games of the of the league season. And they were storming out ahead, but then lost a couple of games, including one against Brora, who are also vying for the, the top spot there. Yep. Um, and Brora are now ahead. Cove have games in hand, and if they win all of them, they'll be level with Brora. So it's it's all to play for there. <laughs> yeah, I've just brought up a table here. They might be level with them, but well, I suppose it's a hell of a game, it's possible. But yes. Unless they thump the two teams in, the, in those games, they're still going behind the goal difference. Because Brora Rangers have played 25 games and scored 100 goals. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, uh, nice Brora have had a couple... Yes, uh, they've had a couple of 11-0s and 9-0s and the like, Brora, which yeah. Cove haven't really done as much of. 
goal yeah. difference of plus 79, Cove Rangers have plus 43, but you're right, yeah, there's two games ahead and six points behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Martin United, aren't they either? Because they're uh, two points behind Cove. There's yeah, they're starting to creep into that as so, well, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's quite exciting in the Island League. And it's something that Cove, had, a couple of their players had mentioned in the build-up to the Motherwell game, you know, the, the tie, although, you know, the I suppose the club line will always be that, you know, our, our focus isn't on on the Motherwell game until it comes around. But I think, you know, it, it did play on their minds a wee bit. And as a as a consequence, their their league form did suffer slightly. They, they lost a couple of matches because um, Brora lost the weekend before the cup tie. Uh, mm-hmm. Brora played on the Saturday, which opened up a real opportunity for Cove to, to make up some ground with their game on the Sunday. But, but uh, Cove also lost against <laughs> Indy Lucas. So. <laughs> Um, aye, no, no ground made there at all, but um, still a long way to go in that one. Yeah, right. So back to the cup and uh, the 2014 winners, St Johnson, they were knocked out. Uh, another cracking free kick, actually. It was, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I, I thought that the key point for us was probably the triple save for Jamie McDonald at the end. Right, yeah, that, yeah. Obviously, that got him the win because the fact that any of them had got it was an equaliser and we probably went to replay as well. So, so I come on, not going into the hat today. Um, yeah, it's certainly not good. a game that, not a result you'd have anticipated no. uh, before the no. game. Uh, the well, toiling a wee bit. Come on, not be toiling a bit, but on the other hand, St. Johnson's form's kind of dipped recently. So, Aye. I think come on, not probably played them at just the right time. I guess St. Johnson have tended to be stronger away from home as well. Um, I mean, they, they obviously made a, a club record earlier this season for consecutive away wins, didn't they? So, yeah. Um, it, uh-huh. I mean, it, if if you are to kind of balance, you know, their home form with their their away form, you'd you know you would say that maybe Kilmarnock had the, the better chance of beating them at McDermott Park. I true, that's a point. Actually, if it's, if it's playing, maybe played at Rugby Park, it'd been a bit different story. But yeah, yeah, possibly. Um. Right, we'll, we'll finish off with the two games that aren't on the telly then. We'll, we'll go with Dumbarton beat Queen of the South 2-1, which was a bit of a shock because they don't usually beat Queen of the South. Uh, the, the, the first goal that Fleming got, there was a bit of controversy because Queen of the South thought she'd be a free kick because Ian Russell went down. I watched it a couple of times, I, I even rewound it, and I couldn't see why for any reason Ian Russell fell down. There was no contact, he just seemed to stumble on the pitch. I didn't see the highlights for this for some reason. Oh, well, but, in, in that case, you missed another uh, classic Mark Brown howler. <laughs> I was just going to mention that. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, yeah, Mark Brown, formerly of Rangers and formerly of Celtic, and I suppose he's more famous than Inverness. Well, uh, he's, he's crossed the old firm divide. He's crossed the Highland divide as well. Uh, both both clubs there. He's a bit of a journeyman. Aye. I think I think I think the day I fell out with him was when he was playing for Celtic and Inverness. And we were two 0 up, and we lost three two. That's right. Yeah, of course that game. Yeah. Was that the what one in? Was that the one in Inverness? In, in Inverness, yeah. That we were two 0 up, and it must have been about Christmas because we kept singing Slade. Ah. Well, and that, that I I now have that song tainted because of that game. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's the that was the bottom through to the next round because Fleming got another goal. Yeah, that was a winner. Um, and the other game, I'm surprised it wasn't uh, more exciting actually because I thought Hibs versus Raith Rovers might actually be a cracking tie given the yeah. two sort of teams that are in the, the playoff hunt in the, in the Championship. But um, it 
didn't seem to be all that exciting in the, the, the highlights. I know Cummings didn't play, and there's been a lot of speculation that he might be leaving. Uh, there's been a countless English teams mentioned possibly signing him. Yes. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that uh, goes later as the month progresses. But uh, Rangers will certainly hope so anyway. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, well, there, there is the other yeah. Cummins will leave and Anthony Stokes might go there and loan. And, uh, I know with uh, Inverness were obviously interested as well, but Inverness signed a striker this week. They did, yeah, they signed Fisher, um, who came on at half-time uh, in, that, in that cup tie. So, yeah, maybe that would you know throw things into doubt. But, uh, I mean, I the impression I get with the, you know Inverness's move for Stokes is it's audacious, to be honest. I mean... John Hughes wants some John Hughes thinks because he know he's he's obviously had him at Falkirk and at Hibs. Yeah. So he can get the, the best out of him, he'll, he'll, he'll get him the games that he's looking for. And I th- I think I I do think it would be a really good move for him. I think yeah. the problem is it's Inverness. And we know from just a few weeks ago that <laughs> wasn't exactly enamoured with going up there and not playing. No. Um, uh, maybe if he went up there and played he'd have a better a, a bit of a better attitude. But um certainly Yogi's Yogi's desperate to get hold of him and he's been joking and Laughing about this well with, with some of the comments he's been making about, I he 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 kick his button. Yes, that's right. Aye, kick his backside. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Kick his backside. Yeah, that was um, some other cracker, but he hasn't even answered his phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I read that. Yeah, it's it's just I think Stokes needs to t- take a look at himself and ask ask what he really wants from his career because he could he could stay at Celtic and he could stay on the bench or not even on the bench in the stands and pick up his paycheck, but then vocally on Twitter, he seems to suggest that he, he doesn't want that. So, I don't know, I think he should take a take a chance and, and move to a team like Inverness, somewhere where he's going to get game time, because in my opinion, he's a, a good player, he's quality. He, he just needs to show it again. I think his career's taking such a dip that he, he needs game time anywhere. Hibs would be a good move as well if Cummings leaves. But Inverness playing at a higher level, uh, he's going to put himself in the shop window if he, he has a bit of a revival because I think he's got the potential to be as good as Griffiths is right now. I, I just don't know really what went wrong with him, and there must be something behind the scenes that's going on. I there think must be. I think the difference between Griffiths and Stokes, and Griffiths is a bit more comfortable playing the lone striker role. It doesn't really suit Stokes. Anytime Stokes has played really well, he's had a link up man. Mm-hmm. It, Stokes' best time at Celtic was when he played alongside Gary Hooper I, mean, I don't think there's much doubt about that the two of them played off each other really well and made each other a better player I don't think Hooper's been quite as good since he left and I think that might have had a lot to do with Anthony Stokes but I, I don't I, sin, I mean Stokes obviously can't rely on having Hooper about and Hooper can't rely on having Stokes about so Stokes needs to kind of adapt it I don't think Stokes has done too badly when he's come in to play under Ronnie Dyla but Ronnie Dyla plays a lone striker kind of role, uh, role and uh, when when he plays Stokes, he tends to play him in one of the wide uh, roles. And it, to be Stokes is a decent return as far as assists go. Uh, where Stokes usually fell down for Celtic was in Europe because he's only ever scored two goals for Celtic, uh, and yeah. the came in the one game against Ren. So I mean, he's, he's, he's been a lot of games he hasn't scored. Um, but I'm, we're not playing in Europe at the moment. And to be honest, given which Celtic have got to pick from at the moment, we've got Griffiths' is first choice. There's no doubt about that. Griffiths has is, is, is got the numbers to back it up. Uh, Carlton Cole still doesn't look fit to me he played 68 minutes there against Stranraer on, uh, on Sunday and that's the best he's done for a while um, Nadir Chief G's one he came in in the summer hasn't really uh, set the head on fire 
hope he may get better as as he gets more games. But um, at the moment, I would have to say I'd have Stokes ahead of Chiefsy. So to me, Stokes should be second choice striker at Celtic. I mean, Griffiths having just come back for injury, Stokes should have had a chance there and didn't get it. So that to me says Stokes probably should be looking to move away somewhere, even if it's just on loan to show Ronnie Dale what he can do in a, a competitive situation. Yeah. Um, maybe what Stokes is looking for himself, though, is, is a, maybe a move to England. Um, I mean, I, I heard mention of Leeds United. Um, I'm not yeah. sure if that's still on the on the cards. But, um, I, you know, I suppose if he was to go in and knock the goals in at championship level, that would Again, be a little bit further. Him. That would maybe be, you know, go a little bit further towards proving that point that you, you speak of to Ronnie Dyla, as opposed to you know, knocking in a, a few at championship level for Hibs, um, where, you know, that, that does look like it is his preferred move in, you know, you know if he is to remain in Scotland, um, you know, going by the noises. I wonder if part of it is to do with Celtic, hopefully doesn't play against Celtic. Now, I know you can put I, that, the, the kind of stipulate it, yeah. you can't play against your parent club, but they, they seem more keen to get him out of the league that would Celtic are playing in, so if he played in the championship, he'd be out of the way. Yeah. Um, that's a good point because I mean, from Aberdeen's point of view, I mean, there's no way Celtic would loan him to Aberdeen. That no, would be, not. <laughs> um, that that's kind of ruled out uh, the Dons from from day one. But um, yeah, I mean, I suppose I mean, even if he cannot play against Celtic, he could still have a an effect on yeah. uh, you know games that are involving. You know, games that have permutations that could affect Celtic. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So it, it kind of throws things out a wee bit there. But yeah, I mean, no, no, it's not as if we haven't loaned players to, to teams that are in the same league as like, um, Daniel Fisher as uh, Johnson, if I remember right. That's right. Yeah. So uh, like, he's he's obviously in the same league. So and that's the kind of thing. But I think it's a it's a different situation there where we've loaned a younger player out. To try and get him a bit of experience, and it's like I mean, Donald William Henderson is, is probably a good example. He's at Hibs, so I don't see why why we couldn't just own the uh, Hibs. But I, I, it's one of, I know one of these things that I think we're going to see pan out as as the month progresses. I think it's, it's certainly obvious that Stokes is going to move somewhere. He's not going to be. He's not really figuring Celtic's plans, which does make me wonder if Celtic have got any other plans to bring a striker in. And again, we'll see as as January progresses, but. Uh, but we should probably go by talking about the Scottish Cup because we've we've still got the TV games to talk about. And we haven't got there yet. Um, but before we move on from the Hibs game, did you see Wraith Rovers tweet? No. After no. Uh, after Wraith Rovers lost them in, in the cup, they pointed out that in the last three seasons, Wraith Rovers have gone out to the eventual winners. So I went and looked us up and I thought, yeah, absolutely right because I was at the game when they lost to Celtic three 0 in the fifth round in twenty thirteen. The following season, they lost 3-1 to St Johnston in the quarter-final in 2014. Mm-hmm. And St Johnston won it on a win at Celtic Park. And last season, they lost 1-0 in the quarter-final to Inverness. So they're right. What they didn't point out was in 2012, they lost to Morton, who they went out in the very next round. See, it's, it's weird that <laughs> what goes on with, with Hibs. Stubbs was asked if his name's on the cup during the, one of the televised games. I'm pretty sure his name isn't on the cup. What? And I'm because like, wait a minute. his name on the cup. Aye. Aye, but I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> We can't be talking about a, a specific team being favourites just because they've reached the fifth round. No. Especially when it's Hibs. No, <laughs> and then given the, the draw, which we will come on to. Yes. Yep. Uh, we should probably finish talking about the... the right, we'll go, we'll go on to the LA games because they, they were certainly of interest. Um, let's talk about the Saturday game. Let's, let's, let's get down there because this was the tie of the round. Hearts and Aberdeen at Tynecastle. 
Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate what Andy said last week about uh, he reckons that the winners of that tie will go all the way. Now I think you did you did kind of pull back in that wee bit and said they'd get to the final. Yes, which uh, <laughs> it's, it's interesting now because like, I would imagine you were hoping it was Aberdeen. Aye, well, was, I would I would say that yes. But, but now, uh, I mean, I mean, Hearts were after this Hearts were installed as second favourites to win the cup because of the draw. They're now backed into joint second favourites for Rangers. Right. Because somebody refuses to give Hearts a, a, a decent uh, draw at any point. Unbelievable, isn't it? As, as I was pointing out, the goal that Callum Patterson scored in this is the first goal that Hearts have scored in the Scottish Cup since they beat Hibs in 5 1 in the final. Yes. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> I, had, I had to go look that one up as well. And then like the, the three ties that they played since then was Hibs, obviously, because they played in the very next season and lost 1 0. And they've played Celtic the throw on two times and lost 7 0 and 4 0. So they, they've had no luck with this draw whatsoever. We pointed it out, having not drawn Celtic for the first time in a couple of years, they get Aberdeen, <laughs> the second best team in Scotland at the moment. And now, having dispatched Aberdeen, they've drawn Hibs. <laughs> of all the, I mean, if you, like, they gave them a technically easier team because it's a championship team, but not that championship team. No, no, that's <laughs> no. But if they can get through that, then. Well, surely, surely they must be destined for a for a decent draw there somewhere. Um, ah, they'll probably get Celtic now. Yes. The way the luck goes, that's how probably. Oh, they'll get Rangers. Oh, I think I think they're bound to get uh, Lothian, Thistle, Hutchison Vale in the mm. quarterfinals. <laughs> or East Kilbride, they haven't beat them yet. No. And I think the the the, the next round might make that a bit difficult as well. But yes. But uh, in terms of the game itself. Um, don't think there's much doubt that, that Hearts had the better of the of the first half and, and I, never, I, I must admit I never seen the first half I, I only seen the second half went live but right. the highlights made out that Aberdeen were not in the game at all in the first half no well they weren't Hearts. no no, they weren't at all um, I mean Neil Alexander had precious little to do in the first half Hearts had a succession of corners um, made the most of, of one of their, their earliest ones uh, if, if not the first one actually um, I said it that way in the highlights yeah so Aberdeen just failed to settle, really. Um, second half was an improvement, but I mean there was again no doubt that Danny Ward was the uh, the busier of the the two goalkeepers on the you know throughout the ninety minutes, and, including the um, end, <laughs> he was up for the corners. Well, that's right, yeah, yeah, and uh, alas, that's proven to be his last action in an Aberdeen yeah. jersey, is being up for for a couple of corner kicks. Uh, um, uh, Jurgen Klopp has recalled them. Yeah, so that's yeah. a bit of a blow. I mean, I, I mean, I was expecting Danny Ward to be at Aberdeen to the end of the season, but that, that was the it's, initial understanding. Yeah, he's decided it's time to return to Liverpool. So, well, there's a, a knock on there because obviously uh, Aberdeen need to start thinking about what they do in goals. But am I right in thinking that their keeper is currently at Falkirk? Danny Rogers uh, currently, yes, aye. and one player of the month. Falkirk, well, that's, so that's right, yeah. That's going to have a knock-on effect if Aberdeen decide to recall him. Well, I mean that's the that's what's been considered, you know, the preferred option just now by you know most Aberdeen fans because I mean Rogers has been playing for the last eighteen months. He was at Dumbarton last season and and likewise did very well. So you know he's handled the you know what you would consider a step up to Falkirk uh, in his stride and continued to impress. Um, so I think. Getting him back involved, or I mean, he's never actually made his debut for Aberdeen, but um, you know, giving him 
throwing him into the action is seen as the yeah, probably the the preferred option as opposed to you know fielding Scott Brown who's who's been sat on the bench all season. Mm-hmm. Um, Rogers does look like a young goalkeeper with with confidence and you know throwing in a, a young goalkeeper who's not had much first team experience is something that Aberdeen have already done this season because Danny Ward had barely barely kicked a ball or well, caught a ball um, <laughs> should we say uh, at, at first team level before the loan move and it turned out to be a great find by McInnes so um, you know that example shows that uh, age is no obstacle in terms of uh, you know goalkeepers yep but, so it's, uh, a, it's an interesting one for them to, to carry on with because they will have to just, like, I, I mean Scott Brown's not a bad keeper to be able to bring off the bench but you know you say he hasn't played yeah so, no like, Scott Brown's steady enough yeah. I, I think he, he, Brown made a couple of errors in, in, in key games last season uh, one of them being the, the League Cup semi-final against Dundee United yeah. at, uh, at Hamden he was badly at fault for I think it was Chief Cheese winner Um that was a game that uh, a game in which Aberdeen relinquished a one 0 lead. So, um, yeah. you know the the error was was you know crucial in in that occasion. Uh, he was also not too clever for um, a couple of the goals in the in the four 0 defeat at, uh, at Parkhead in, in March, mm-hmm. uh, which you know at the time was a, another very big game. Um, but aside from that, you know he. He was part of a an Aberdeen defence that uh, recorded, I think it was eight clean sheets on the on the trot. Um, mm-hmm. You know that was that was on his watch. So he's uh, he's he's not not you know, not a bad option to have by any means. It's it's just the fact that Rogers is considered an exciting prospect, and um, you know there is an opportunity that's open now. Uh, sometimes better to you know maybe just you know give him the give him the nod now, but. Um, I think there's a long way to, to go on that one. I think there's there's you know a lot of good feeling between Aberdeen and, and, and Falkirk, and mm-hmm. uh, an agreement has been reached. And uh, you know both clubs are, are keen to, to honour that because they you know they value the the relationship that they you know that they have. Peter Houston and Derek McInnes seem to you know, seem to be very uh, you know you're close in, in terms of their. Uh, you know their, their their personal relationship, so it's uh, it's not something that you know neither clubs wanting to to ruin the other clubs kind of yeah. kind of season if if you know what I mean. So uh, and I'm and I'm pretty sure there'll be Aberdeen fans that are thinking I don't like screw with Falkirk because they're about to just take that title off Rangers. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's another way of looking at it. <laughs> so yeah, I like. It's, it's, it's like you say. It's gonna. We'll see what happens in the, the rest of the month. But yeah, there's certainly options. Am I right in saying that Rogers has only got six months in his Aberdeen contract? I think that is correct. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Given that he's out on loan, I thought it might be. Yeah, maybe I've given him an extra couple of years, or yeah, maybe with, with a view to bringing him back as being the first choice keeper. But yeah, it almost seems, it almost seems like it's just going to run down. Well, absolutely, yeah. Um, so I, then you would have to wonder if it's worth bringing him back for the six months or just leaving him at loan. Because it better be a short-term fix till next summer. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that was you know, perhaps you know Aberdeen were waiting to see how he got on at Falkirk before committing to another another year uh, of a of a contract. But um, you know, the fact that he's won the, the Player of the Month, I think Peter Houston said it himself as well that he's he's progressively got better and better when 
you know, during his time at Falkirk. So um, if that's culminated in him winning that award today, then uh, you know it's it, it's the sign of a you know a, a goalkeeper that's developing well. And um, like I say, there is there is a an opportunity that's opened up for him. So um, a lot of Aberdeen fans are are keen to see McInnes go down that route. Uh, interesting one to see how it goes. Okay, so go, well, we should go back to the game. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there, there was two key moments as far as Aberdeen were concerned. Now, I'm going to do them in reverse order because I think we're, we're all going to agree on the, the Considine miss. It was probably the point in the game where I thought this is not Aberdeen's game. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, he was a couple of yards out. If he just directs it, if he keeps it down, it's in. Because I don't think the keeper was getting anywhere near it. And he blazed it over the bar. And I think... I mean, I've seen Considine put things in the net before, but you were almost hoping it was a striker. I mean, if that had been Rooney, it'd have been a goal. I think well, Rooney was just in front of him, and yeah. uh, he he kind of dummied it, which I think Considine didn't anticipate. So, um, Considine, I have to say, does miss quite a lot of chances. He's, he's had a brilliant opportunity against Hearts in the, in the recent home game um, in in the league at Petardry. Um I think he missed. Couple at Parkhead last season as well, and in that four 0 game that I just mentioned, um, he's, he's, he seems to miss chances when he when he gets a, a sniff. That was a, was that, that was the a one really, that was really cool slightly one. behind him? Yeah, yeah, that's right. See, I, I wasn't too critical because I thought that it happened so quickly and it seemed to be behind him. And but yeah, a striker would have possibly done better. But yeah, I wouldn't be too critical. He was. It was just the fact he was so close, um, so close to the goal. Um, he really just needed to kind of knock it off his shin. Um, you almost too much on it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe tried to tried to place it too much, or um, like you say, it came to him very quickly. But um, like, uh, it, it really, it wasn't looking like Aberdeen's day when when he missed that one. No. I think that the other key point though, came before that, and it was probably that's a bit of one the Aberdeen fans are angry about because Rooney was in and got pulled back, and then as he was turning, he got pulled back again. <laughs> so there was almost two free kicks within the penalty area that neither of which were given, and all were the same thing. It should have been, yeah. a penalty, shouldn't it? I certainly thought so. Yeah, um, I, I feel that the you know the obstruction. Was you know limiting what I felt was going to be a a shot without doubt. You know I think Rooney was going to get the ball under under his feet and he was going to turn and um, you know have a an attempt on goal. Um, you know there was an arm that caught him across across his face really uh, round the back of his round the back of his neck and um, and that halted his progress. I think that was a wee bit naughty. So. Um, yeah, I think that, that was a, a penalty for sure. One thing I think that went against them is his reaction. Mm-hmm. Now, it's just a shame that players feel that they have to do that to get a decision because a foul is a foul. You're, you're not giving it because you, you fall over or you, you yelp in pain. I don't know. I do agree that it was a foul. I do agree that it was a penalty, but his reaction... It just, it just, it wasn't right at all, and I think that's what made the, the referee think that he was at it more. Perhaps looking for it a bit too much. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, that can sometimes put a referee off. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I guess. I mean, if if there is enough contact, then uh, you know the player, you know, can often and the player can often in, invite the contact. But I think this I think this was a case of a you know a genuine obstruction. Um, I think you know if if there's enough contact for the player to go down naturally, then you know he he shouldn't need to look as if he's yep. you know searching for it. Um, but no, it was it, it, again. It was probably a, a turning point because you know if, if, if Aberdeen had got the penalty and and, and put it away, then it, it really would have swung the momentum in their favour. I think there'd been an argument for a red card as well. You could argue that was a goal-scoring opportunity. Yeah, uh, could I do. Mean, he was he was very close to the to the goal. Yeah, uh, like I say, I think he was he was in a position where he would have got the ball under control and would have fancied his chances of, of finding the net from that position. So, um, yeah, there was no one else between the between the defender and the and, and the goalkeeper. So. Certainly would have been a, a fine chance to, to score. I think the only other thing I noticed in this game was Reynolds seemed to be struggling quite a bit with so. But on the other hand, I thought so was very wasteful. I seen Laurie tweeting about how great so was um, after the game, and it was well, obviously, obviously he was happy sure. about it. But I, I thought he was pretty greedy at times. He should have, there was a couple of chances he had, in the, especially in the second half, where maybe if he'd squared that instead of taking a shot for a tight angle, they might have, they might have been able to secure the win, but. But uh, maybe I don't see enough of Osman so to be able to tell how good he is. Obviously, his height was causing a lot of trouble, especially for Mark Reynolds. Yeah, um, he's, he's a powerful player, um, and he is skillful as well. Um, I've, you know, I've seen him have some very impressive games. Perhaps it's the, you know, maybe the consistency um, issue that you know that's there. Um, you know, from from any time I've seen Osmond, so I've been I've tended to be very impressed. Um, What's his contract situation? I'm not entirely sure about him actually. I ask because I, I've I've heard them being linked to to Rangers, and I know that there's there's always wild rumours, uh, especially when it comes to to Rangers fans uh, and Rangers rumours. But it was just something that I'd heard in the, the run up to this window that he was somebody we were looking at. Right. Um, I think he's he's an attacker that thrives on on kind of bullying defences. You know, he um, I can imagine him being a complete nightmare to play against. Uh, that's probably how Mark Reynolds felt by the by the end of the game. Um, yeah, I, I know what you mean about uh, he he looks he looks big, he looks imposing, and he does play a bit like a bully. But he's also got the the talent. Mm-hmm. He's also got the the footwork, which doesn't fit with his stature really. And yeah. uh, I mentioned the, the the nice bit of skill he did. Uh, there's been quite a few vines doing the rounds, or maybe it's the same one. But I've seen on Twitter, Laurie uh, retweeted it, uh, and it is as fancy. Well, maybe maybe the fact he's you know, he's got such telescopic legs, makes it look almost a little bit cumbersome when he tries to pull off these these bits of skill. You know, it's a good point. Maybe it doesn't look right, um, but no, it does click into place. Na- you know, naturally for him, he, he he definitely has 
um, you know, genuine talent and um, good finishing ability from what I've seen as well. I saw him put away an absolute belter up at, uh, up at Dingwall earlier in the season. Uh, a low shot from the edge of the box and a, a goal that he made himself as well. Um, he kind of drifted in from the left-hand side, beating a couple of players in his way. Um, so that almost kind of, you know, that probably was the complete Osman. So managing to to show the skill required to, to you know, beat players and then pull off a, an excellent finish to, to top the top the job off. Um, he, he looks very capable and, um, and you know I've I've only been impressed with him so far. And I, I was again on Saturday. I, I thought he was a wee bit unfortunate not to not to be on target himself actually. Right, which well, times marks and all. We need to get on to these Sunday games now. <laughs> as much as I'd like to talk about Aberdeen getting knocked out of yet another cup and how Derek McInnes is, is maybe a bit dodgy when it comes to cup competitions, apart from that one that he won. Was he not getting a bit huffy as well? He always gets a bit huffy. <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but I remember reading something today. He said he yeah. a bit huffy. Well, it was it was mainly about the, uh, uh, the throw in at the end. Um, Hearts kicked the ball out when Ozturk <laughs> was down. Yeah, um, Aberdeen didn't give it back. Johnny Hayes kept possession. Hearts were furious. Mm. Kind of revealed afterwards that that was his instruction. So, um, but a gamesmanship, a wee bit, yes. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it was vital seconds on the clock. Uh, you know, Aberdeen needed to, uh, you know, launch the launch the ball into the into oh. the box and, and, and try and get their way back in. Um, I, I suppose. The, the only thing maybe, that maybe not the most sporting thing, but uh, yeah, I guess there, is, there isn't always a, an obligation. No, no, there's nothing in the rule book that says you have to. So no, but, it's just, but, but, it's just it, like accepted that this is the way the game should be played. Yes. So I can understand it. But I think the only disappointment I had for right at the end of the game was the referee blew the whistle when he did. Because he blew the whistle just as a Hearts player was on them and uh, Danny Ward was chasing after him. If he just got enough space to hoof it. <laughs> well, did, did Ward not take him out? Uh, no, I don't so think I, I was just about to take him out. I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the whistle went, so uh, it was fine. But yeah, we'll, right, we'll move on to Sunday's games and we'll start off at Ibrox because that was a game that was earlier. Um, and well, I th- I, people were probably looking, would maybe be a bit of shock in one of these two games. Uh, I think the, the only shock I had at Ibrox was the second penalty he got <laughs> because we've spoken about this plenty of times on the podcast. Tavernier took that shot and then get taken out. Yep. And he got the penalty for it. We've yep. complained bitterly how that never gets given and finally it's given in this game. Do you know, Chris, I was watching it, right? And I was thinking, I was thinking of you when I seen it, I thought, oh, we talk about that loads. And uh, I think the, the defenders were also were also saying that, that, that Chris and Craig have already said <laughs> many times over the years, this is never a free, a free kick or a penalty. I'm, I'm, was it Stephen McLean was a penalty? It was a referee. That's he good. was, yeah, right. yeah. Full credit to you, Stephen. That was brilliant. Well played. <laughs> Just encourage other referees to do that for now. <laughs> yes, aye, aye. But oh, I've uh, seen on the forum that some were saying that it wasn't a good game for a neutral, but as a Rangers fan, I enjoyed it. I, I thought there was a, a wee bit of a threat when Cowdenbeath scored the, the free kick. I thought at 2-1, going in at half-time, I thought that there might actually be a game despite the dominance by Rangers, but it, alas, it didn't turn out that way for uh, for the neutrals. But, but I enjoyed it. I thought it, it showed uh, some of the best of Rangers, the, their possession, their, their patient 
play. Uh, it did show their weakness at the back when they, they gave away the, the free kick. But I thought that the standout was the free kick, the way it was yeah. done per- perfectly. I was, I, was, I was going to say that for all Rangers, the, 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 the proper goal that Wycon scored that wasn't for the penalty spot was a really well-worked goal, and I thought his touch in the box was terrific. But for me, the, the best thing in this game was the free kick because there was nothing anybody could do about it. Oh, it was uh, it was well outside the post. Yeah, when he hit it, and then and off the bar, aye, it was it was good. Uh, I'm glad for him. Um, he maybe didn't have a brilliant game after that, uh, but that's that's something that you'll remember for a long time. Oh, definitely. I mean, oh, I should Barry McKay's goal was pretty good as well. I mean, that was a a good bit of running himself. Mackay was a nice from, yeah. halfway line, yeah. That's that's perfect, uh, Mackay, uh, cutting inside like that. He doesn't like there's there's no real Rangers player that likes to cross the ball. They all like to cut inside, and although I said that that was uh, some of the, the best of Rangers, the, the way that the patient play, yeah, you'll maybe have seen the, the worst of Rangers in the, their sloppy defence, but also their corner kicks. But I, I don't know why they persist with this. They they, they very rarely, if ever, uh, get the ball into the box. They go and take the corner kick short and just play on, if you like. Oh, right, and aye. it just annoys me. It frustrates me so much. And it frustrates many people around me. Yeah, I because if you're, if you're watching that for a vast majority of 90 minutes, the corner kick almost becomes a different way to deliver the ball. Yes. So you yes. should be taking take advantage of using something different instead of just going back to which not been... Well, I say it's not been working. You get five goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, there's people like Danny Wilson on the side who are, are good in the air, yeah. imposing in the air. And yeah, it, it's, it's strange. It's, I don't know. It's, at times it, it feels one dimensional. But then, as you say, if you're scoring five goals, then and you've got Waghorn uh, scoring for fun. It's, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, they're, maybe I shouldn't be complaining too much. No, not when you've scored six goals in the last two games, no. <laughs> You've, yeah, you've been a uh, bit I'm not sure about uh, Zalalem. I've never seen much of him in highlights. Uh, Zalalem, Zalalem, I, I had that early chance for what I've seen in the highlights, but other than that, there wasn't much. He doesn't last a full game, that's for sure. He's taken off around the 70 minute mark uh, pretty much every time. It'd be interesting to see if he's ever went beyond that because he's taken off. He's he's good if you want somebody to slow things down. He's re- very good at putting his foot in the ball. He's not quite as defensive as uh, Ian Black, but it's almost that style of play. The ball goes to him and he just calmly does something with it. I don't know if he'll, if he'll make it at Arsenal. I think he's quite lightweight. I don't know. I just don't get the, the love of him. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of people saying he's going to be the next best thing, one of the, the best up-and-coming players. I don't know. I think he needs a lot of grown-up to do uh, in terms of he needs to put some meat on the bones and he needs to become a wee bit more urgent and to f- improve his fitness. Yeah, maybe that's the, the big question mark if he's coming off games, you know, early. Uh, not lasting full 90 if, you know, as you say, that, that maybe does suggest that there's a, a weakness there. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I must say, I've not seen a great deal of him myself, but uh, yeah. Um, I thought the, the lad Forrester looked reasonably promising when he came on. I think he looks quite exciting. I think he he wasn't too gung ho, but he looks like he wants to take players on. Yeah, which is interesting um, because we've got Mackay who likes to do that. But other than that, 
suppose Waghorn, but then Waghorn doesn't always play out wide. He, he seems to switch with, with somebody in the middle like Miller. I'm still not sure where I want Waghorn to play. But yeah, right. it was, uh, well, in the end, a comprehensive victory. Yes. It was, uh, the possession was, was massively in favour of Rangers, but it wasn't really unexpected. I guess it would be something like that. Like, yep. uh, it's probably the, the, the takeaway for us. And uh, similarly, the later game, uh, Celtic went in the standard. 1 3 0, not unexpected. Um, I think the, the, the only thing I really noted out of this game, other than Lee Griffiths getting a couple of goals and Cole getting his first goal for Celtic, because the last one was an own goal, I'll put him on this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I th- the, the only thing I took out of this game was, unfortunately, uh, I think a certain referee may have been fast-tacked because of who his daddy is. Because I, this is the first time Andrew Dallas has refereed a Celtic game, right? I've already heard bad things from him in other games. Mm-hmm. And then I watched sports scene earlier and, thought, and I watched this. Um, there was a, a penalty claim for a, a tackle on Cole, which I thought was a penalty. There was a handball against Ambrose that looked a handball to me. Uh, there was... Tierney taken out for what was probably the most obvious of the three penalty claims. So that's three penalties that weren't given as far as I'm concerned. There was also another incident where Stefan Johansson clattered somebody uh, and uh, he never even gave a free kick against uh, Johansson for it. Yeah. And I, I think I've finally seen and what I, this Andrew Dallas, everybody's been talking about that, uh, let's say, he's been fast at because of his daddy is, but it sounds like. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the most kind of vocal um, kind of voice, yeah, one of the most sort of vocal uh, dissenting voices, I suppose you you could say, has been John Hughes this this season. He's mm-hmm. he accused him of not being ready for the the top flight and, and saying that he brought a, a a nervousness and an edginess to a game against Dundee earlier in the season, and uh, that landed Hughes in a, a bit of trouble. Um, as it always does. You can't you can't criticise a referee in any way, shape or form. No. Like you're in trouble for it. Yeah, absolutely. And to be fair though, I think that's being generous because he's saying he's not ready for a top flight game. The criticism yeah. I've heard the Andrew Dallas has been for t- uh, lower leagues. Yes, the Rangers have, fans have been critical of him for quite a while. Yeah. And obviously progressing up the leagues and then maybe seeing him more often than, than those in the top tier. But yeah, uh, I can't recall specific incidents that he that he's did anything wrong in the in the last few years from what I've seen, but I have heard a lot of criticism and I, I don't know. I think it, because I can't remember specific incidents, I start to think is it because he's an easy target because well, of who his dad is. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's the counter, isn't it? Because he has Hugh Dallas's son, do you think? Well. You, we're already uh, the, the knives are out for him because of that. Yeah, and he's going to have to deal with that no matter what, isn't he? You know, um, you know, going into the same profession, if you like, he's, he is going to have to uh, deal with that, whether he likes it or not. Um, it's it's going to be something that will be levelled at him uh, throughout his career. Maybe I mean, I'm sure if it's done by someone within the game, you know, by a manager or a player, I'm sure they would be. You know, badly punished for for making a comment like that. But uh, in terms of you know, punters and uh, media, I suppose uh, you know the the fact that he is in there because of his uh, you know daddy links uh, because of who he knows and because of who he is. Um, that's that's going to be something that that will crop up uh, throughout his career. 
I think the problem is if he was a good referee, it would matter who his dad was. But we're already, I mean, we've already heard the stories from other games. Yeah. Sports scene themselves highlighted four separate incidents in that one game that he got wrong. Mm-hmm. So it's, there, are, there are questions being asked already. And like I say, that's his first Celtic game. So <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he gets loads more because we have some weird. Ridiculous relationship with our referees. How, how many times have we criticised like the likes of Billy Colm and yet he's not only respected in Scotland, but he gets to go to Euro 2016 as well? Yes, yeah, that, that's a strange one. I, I tend to think what the referees in other countries are like. Yes, yeah, they must be absolutely dreadful if he's if he's one of the best. We, we shouldn't leave the the, the standard game without giving a, a nod to the, the 18 year old goalkeeper. Like, I mean, yes. he, he had a good, he had a good few saves in this game. Did well. I mean, the, I think my favourite one was the acrobatic effort for Griffiths. He managed to tip over the bar. That was that, that was good. Telly, telly shot, telly save. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, I mean, he made another decent fingertip save from Griffiths just after he got his second goal. Yes, um, I when he was on a hat trick. Yeah, yeah, he, he was fancying the hat trick and he did well to tip that one round. Actually, um, didn't look initially as if. He'd got anything on it, but it uh, turned out to be a very good save. I, I was, the other uh, thing I noticed in this game... Actually, we should go back and talk about Cole's goal. Sports scene laughed us off, but I thought it was a foul. He, he, he obviously has his hands up on the defender, and a couple of the yeah. star, uh, defenders in the box with him were irate at the referee that uh, this one had stood. But I, I thought technically it was a free kick. But in sports scene, they were just, oh yeah, he used his weight. Yeah, it, is, it is just a slight push but no, no, no well well it's a free kick yeah. it was something that I yeah. thought initially as well actually yeah yeah. I mean he, yes I get the fact that he's, he's got you know vast upper body strength but uh, his arms did appear to be um, you know kind of forcing his way into uh, you know into the position uh, Romsby did look like he was a wee bit a wee bit impeded mm-hmm. um, as he you know made for that header and yeah, no, that was that was my initial impression as well. So there we go. There's another thing you can slag Andrew Dallas about. <laughs> the, 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 the final thing about this game is, uh, I think we saw the best in Worcester, Scott Allen, because he had that chance where he probably should have squared it to Griffiths for a tap-in, but he tried to go around the keeper himself and he got a pounce on it. But then a few minutes later, he did play the ball through to Griffiths for a third goal. So, again, very hit and miss for Scott Allen. I can kind of see why we're not quite ready to start him as often as we should. Or maybe should that's the kind of thing we're offering up but maybe, he's a talent uh, yeah. I did like him or I should I say I, I didn't like him when he was with Hibs because every time I seen him he was it was just a look in his face because he was bloody doing something that was good and it was <laughs> annoying me <laughs> I just say ah, he's a talent he's, especially set pieces that was, that was the one thing I think he, he's the, the best uh, player for taking corners that I know of in, in Scotland because he somehow gets such pace on the ball. He, he somehow gets it to the back post with ease without the keeper being able to, to come out and comfortably take it. It's, I don't know how he does it and he did it under immense pressure at Ibrox as well when he was getting the items uh, thrown at him. Yeah, that can, be, that can be quite difficult I suppose. Anyway, right, that finally, finally gets us to the Today's news, which was the fifth round draw, um, we already mentioned Anna Athletics. Uh, the word for beating Hamilton was a home tie against Greenham Warren, which the guys in sports said was, was what they wanted. Anybody at home, and they've got that, so so that's good. 
Um, obviously, the, the the pick of the round is the Edinburgh Derby, Hearts versus Hibs, which yep. again we mentioned earlier. Um, Rangers, they get a, a home tie against a Premiership side, Kilmarnock, so that could be interesting. There the, the, is in the back of my head that this could, depending on the results, be a, a, a playoff final rehearsal. Mm. And how things go. Of course, yeah, yeah, right enough. Not likely at the moment. I mean, Kilmarnock are in the second bottom spot and Rangers are top, so it only really requires Rangers to get overhauled, but there's still a potential that could happen. There's some ties aren't decided yet, obviously. I mean, and this always seems to happen if there's a replay or a game that needs to be played. There's always one tie which has four teams in it. <laughs> this year it's Dunfermline Ross County versus Lamithgar Rose or Forfar. <laughs> so uh, that one's going to take a while to sort out. Uh, the most boring tie probably done the United Party Thistle. No offence to those teams, but what they play each other a lot anyway. Motherwell yep. um, are potentially at home the either the, the, the holders of Vanessa or Stirling Albion. Uh, and Dumbarton are hosting either Dundee or Falkirk. The tie I haven't mentioned is probably the one of the most interesting because Celtic are going to a non-league team. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be either East Kilbride or Lothian Thistle Hutchinsville. Uh, I, I know a couple of people who are already going, I really hope East Kilbride gets through that tie because they love an East Kilbride. Yes, I'm sure there's <laughs> so many like that. Yeah. Home tie. But... Um, you kind of half expect them to move that tie, depending on what one gets through. I was having a look at some pictures of the ground earlier. It's very small. It's tiny, actually. Uh, I think that would be yeah. inevitable. You, you, you would imagine Lothian and Thistle, if they get through that, they're going to look at what Easter Road, maybe, if they can get it. I would think so, yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, especially, uh, especially since Hibs are away from home. Uh, yeah. the, the option for East Bride, Hamilton, maybe. Yeah, possibly. I mean, right. that's what Albion Rovers did was with, uh, with their yeah. tie against Rangers a couple yeah. of years ago. Exactly. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, commercial reasons come into it as well. I mean, they, they, they will want to get their, uh, you know, boost their yeah. their, their capacity on the on, on the given day. Well, it could um, set them up for a season. Or, yeah. Or maybe two, depending on, on where, they, where they go and, and how they, they price it. Television as well. well I mean, yep. that's... that's it's a pri- yeah. You, you, can, you so. can imagine how television, television are pretty much going to do what they did in this round. They're going to go, ooh, Edinburgh Derby, we're taking that. Mm-hmm. What else are you going to take? Well, Celtic are away from home, so either Celtic Rangers away from home, it always turns up on the telly, and probably Rangers come on, look, because it's Ibrox, um, so we get the good uh, big television audience for Rangers, and they're playing a Premiership team, so there's, a, there's, there's actually more interest in the Rangers tie this round than there was last round. Yes. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I can hardly argue with that because other than possibly Motherwell and Inverness, which we can see in the Premiership any week, the United Party that's what I've already mentioned, you can see pretty much any time, there's nothing really uh, that the television is going to be attracted to there. No. So no. it's going to be those three. I would certainly think yeah. so, yep. Yeah. So you're right, I mean, it's going to, it's, there is that whole, like, the kind of how do we get East Cabrera, Lothian Thistle, the home advantage that they're supposed to get against Celtic without actually being at home <laughs> I suppose um, I mean the, the, the team may want to play at home or actually play at home so there's yeah. always that aspect but uh, like, yeah I think yeah. it's important to wait and see what they want yeah because I'm thinking back to the Challenge Cup and Peterhead against Rangers and Peterhead themselves wanted the game moved to yeah. to Hamden and 
there was some people saying, no, 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 this, this isn't right, this isn't right, it shouldn't be, it's too close to, to Rangers, too, too close to Ibrox. I'm like, well, wait a minute, let's listen to what Peter Head wants. Let's listen to what East Kilbride or Lothian Thistle want. Yeah, exactly. If they want to play, if they want to play in front of uh, two men and a dug, <laughs> because that's that's possibly what their their, their hardcore fans want. To, to be honest, it's at the moment the first thing they're going to want to do is get through that tie because that is a massive incentive to win that game. Now. I know, but also the prospect of of knowing that you'll have missed out. On it as well. Oh, I know. Can you imagine the team loses? Oh, that would be for the loser. It's going to yep. be sickening. Yep. They'll have to yep. live with that for for the rest of their days. Yeah, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity it for, for many is, yeah. of the players that to to even even play against a a, a, a top tier side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never mind play against Celtic. Never mind that that scalp that, that you're going to talk about that uh, whether you get beat five nil. Six now any any scoreline you're going to tell your grandkids about that day. Yeah, you were I mean, on the telly. You were playing against the champions of Scotland. Oh yeah, definitely. And well, with Rose to a certain extent, I've got a, a, this potential as well because when their manager was saying they were a better team against Forfar, so if, I know they now need to go now need to go to Station Park and try and win that tie, but they might be capable of it. And if they can do that, there's a chance they can get Ross County another top flight team. So yeah. From their perspective, there's a chance of a big uh, draw there yes. as well. You could that's be right, yeah. Fairman Athletic right enough, but again, yes, even yeah. Fairman Athletic, that's a good, uh, that's a good stadium to go to. Yeah. There's a good back in there. There's a good support. So uh, yeah, yeah, there's a good incentive for Glasgow Rose to try and win that tie. Looking ahead to the game tomorrow night, you know, if, if Ross County were to get through that, then um, you know, from their point of view, it would open up the draw very nicely for them. You know, with with yeah. the tie against Forfar or Glasgow uh, Rose awaiting. Um, and well, ultimately standing in the way of uh, a quarter final berth, all of a sudden County yeah. would be, you know, close to, you know, getting into a, another, another semi final, having already got to the, the League Cup semi final. So I know we're getting a wee bit ahead of ourselves, but uh, I mean, I suppose it's it's two lower league uh, opponents, no matter what, for, mm-hmm. for County yep. if, if they are to uh, if they are to do the business tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And yeah, of course. What, what, what is it? we've said, Hearts and Hubs are being the telly. There's, there's almost no doubt about that. So we're, I mean, it's good that we're going to get an Edmund Derby this season, which we, we, we thought we might not get because of the the, the disparate uh, in the, the divisions. But no, we're getting one, <laughs> and I'm, I'm already looking forward to it. Most of it. Oh, I, I, both teams are doing very well. Yeah, uh, I know that many people thought that Hearts were going to do pretty well when they went up, but I think they've surpassed uh, mm-hmm. their own expectations nope. and, and Hibs as I'm, well. They've surpassed my expectations. Hearts have done exactly what I expected it with the challenge of Europe. <laughs> do you think so? Did, yep. did you I, say I, that? I, I, I said at the start of the season, Hearts could challenge for Europe. I remember you, you were quite confident about them. I couldn't remember exactly what you said, but uh, Hibs as well, despite finishing above Rangers, I, I didn't expect them to be playing so well and have such a good... Solid squad of players. No, I, th- I think both Hibs and Falkirk are probably doing better than I was expecting. They're, they're, they're closer to Rangers than I was expecting. It's not as if Rangers are exactly doing badly. So, I mean, it mm. must be a case that Hibs and Falkirk are doing better than I expected. So, I mean, I was expecting something similar to what happened to Hearts last season. That Hearts would run away with it, and then this season Rangers would run away with it. But it's, it's not panned out that way. So, yeah, the, the two of them are doing pretty well. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, Hearts are doing well. 
okay, most people didn't expect that, but some of us did. And Hibs are doing better than most people expect as well. So, uh, yeah, the, the, there's a potential for that Edinburgh Derby to be one of the best ones we've seen in a while because yep. there's been quite a few been garbage, to be honest, in recent years. So, yeah. we'd hope the fact that this is the only one this season, unless it's a draw, in which case we get a replay, of course. <laughs> Aye. Well, the Taylor companies would love that, wouldn't they? Two Edinburgh Derbies in the one season, yeah. <laughs> Just like. <look. laughs> but yeah, alright, yeah, I mean, that's, that's to look forward to. The ties take place on the weekend of 6th and 7th of February, so we're another sort of four weeks away if we have a podcast that's going to be this kind of length. <laughs> you may have noticed we've been going on a bit now. <laughs> well, I, we might need to split any two, I don't know. Uh, well, we're going to have to see how it goes because uh, we've been on a while now, so. We are nearly done, you'll be pleased to know. We've just got the, the, well, the Premiership action to talk about as it returns. Uh, and, and, uh, well, I was going to say the weekend, but does Friday night count as a weekend? I suppose it does. Aye, that's when the, the weekend starts. Weekend starts here. Yeah, the weekend starts at Tannadice this week because, as we mentioned earlier, Dundee United are hosting Celtic. And uh, we may as well do the predictions now while we're here. We've still got a charity bet to do after this, by the way. So we do, aye. Quite aye. Fun. We're all like here. I know, I know. Smart things, smart things, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> right, so, let's see if we can battle through these predictions. Dunn United versus Celtic. I am going to say 2-1 Celtic. 3-1 uh, Celtic. 2-0 Celtic. Uh, just for saving time, I'm not going to go through the odds this week. <laughs> just that's that's just John's job. Yep. He's good at that. Um, Next up, moving on to the Saturday 3 o'clock kickoffs, we have Hearts versus Motherwell, and I will say I'm going to go 2 all. Oh. Yeah, I was going to go for a draw here too. 1-1 one, one for me. One, one, well, I was going to go 2-1 because uh, Motherwell, something's going on down Motherwell way. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, uh, I was mocking them for much of the season, but something's happened. I must admit, I wasn't expecting much out of Mark McGee, but he's, he's, he's proved me wrong already. He's <laughs> done a lot better than I thought they were going to do. So, it's not a long way in a season to go, but yeah, they're, they're certainly looking a lot better than they were. Yes. Aye, so 2 1 hearts for me. <laughs> yeah, after talking about a lot, we're proud of the defeat. <laughs> well, no, I, still, no, but I think the hearts are, are just simply too good. No, Aye, but yeah, 2 1 is a compliment to Motherwell. Alright, next up, Kilmarnock versus Inverness, and I will have to say... I'm going one each in this game. I'm going to say 1-0 Inverness. Narrow, narrow victory for them. I don't think Inverness are going to be allowed off with a, a perf- another performance like they did against Stirling Albion. No. So I'm going to go 2-0 Inverness. I think he's already scouting Kilmarnock too much. Um, okay, next up, Partick Thistle versus Dundee... I will give the Jags the edge of this one, 2-1. Uh, I'm going to say 1-0 Dundee, actually. Um, I think they're, they're due a, a few results. Uh, obviously won in their last league game against United, and I think they'll, they'll take some confidence from that. They've mm. also had a, a wee chance to rest up. I like Kane Hemmings, but I think that Dundee's defence is still a bit dodgy. And I think the fact that uh, McPake's out injured now for a while... Mm. Even though they've managed to bring in um... ah, who was it they brought in? A uh, Darren O'Day. That, uh, yeah, aye, I, I, I knew it was somebody else that awaited. That was it. Oh, aye, him, aye, mouthy, aye. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Uh, he's still going on about it as well. Still, uh, he just needs to. Anyway, right, I'm going to go one apiece. Right, the final game on the Saturday is St. Johnson versus Hamilton. Ooh, this could be interesting, that's all. Um, Both needing to bounce back. Yeah. I don't know. This is, this is, this is a tricky one. Very tricky, yeah. I, I, I fancy St. Johnson, to be honest. I'm going to say 2 1. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking 1 0. I'm thinking sitting the fence again. Right. <laughs> hmm. I'm going to go 2 1, St. Johnson. Right. And the final game of the weekend is on the Sunday at 12 15 kickoff, and it's Rush County versus Aberdeen. I'm assuming it's on the telly. It is indeed, yeah. yeah. Excellent, that's going to be a good game. Well, this is the one I'm covering. Um, I certainly think that the extra game added to County's card in midweek will uh, not be something that they're delighted about in mm. preparation for the Aberdeen game. So uh, I think there, there will be a, a backlash from the Dons and I'm um, fairly confident that they are going to win this 2-0. Which is what I was thinking as well. Oh, I, I, I was thinking Aberdeen will win, but I was thinking we're all like, Rush getting a might score. So I'm thinking 2 1. But yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Aberdeen win. 2 1, I was thinking as well, Chris. So 2 1, Aberdeen. Right. So is there anything we agreed on there other than Aberdeen winning? Which is usually rubbish odds anyway. Aberdeen are 5 to 4. Are they? Yep. Oh, well, that's the, not bad. What's the Yep, I would say so. Because I think you're right. I think the Ross County card is going to be the thing that does it because the, the midweek game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we'll take Aberdeen, the charity bet, if no one else minds. What about. I don't think we all agreed on Hearts, did we? I said 3 said... to 4 at home. All right. Well, I, I said 1 1 in that game, I think, but. Uh... If I was to pick a winner, then yeah, certainly we'd go for them. I hope. Oh, shit, I went 2 all. <laughs> so, so only one of us actually said hearts. So, right, okay. Um, else have we got in Saturday? St Johnson's pretty much evens, 19 to 20. Yeah, again, I think that was one of us uh, sitting in the fence about. Yeah, there was a wee bit of doubt about St Johnson, wasn't there? Yeah. Uh, just looking further down the week. Peter Head at Strandara, 21 to 20. Oof. That's that's good. Peterhead are going quite well. They've been flying, yeah. Hmm, yeah. that could be a shout. So, if we were to put a double on Aberdeen and Peterhead, bearing in mind Aberdeen is a Sunday game, so we'd need to wait until Sunday to find out what's happening. £10 and up would be 46 13 I like the sound of that, that's keeping it simple. Keeping it simple, yeah. Simple, yeah. No, simple, yeah. Sunday, yeah. Oh, I wait, wait till you hear my simple for scorer suggestion. It's going to be. A gimme. What's your first goal scorer suggestion? Waghorn. Homo <laughs> Wavington. Yep. Um, I, I mean, I'm, Rangers at 1 to 16 seems about right to me in that game. Cause, uh, yep, yep. I think the, the Rangers will score first. Yeah, I, I think, think the problem Waghorn has a brilliant opportunity, especially, I think, his main strength in scoring is the fact that he takes the penalties because we've yeah. got players like Tavernier and, and Wallace who are, are wanting to run into the box and take on players in the box. Mm-hmm. So I think the chances of a penalty coming about is very high. I think even Waghorn scoring from open play. Uh, 
but that's his odds aren't going to be very good. I just uh, it's it just something that I've been thinking about today that I was going to mention him just to keep things simple. No, I don't think it's all that bad because I, I would imagine because Rangers do have people to score from all over in the park. The idea that Wycorn would be the top, would the first goal scorer might throw out a wee bit, but um, I tell you, but the, the odds aren't even up on the bookies website yet. It's very early. Aye. It is about early in the week for that. So, I mean, I'm happy to go with Wycorn. Yeah. What do you think, Andy? Yeah. No, that's a man that's fresh from having scored a hat trick. Uh, yeah. He's on. Never, never a bad shoot. Yeah. Yeah, and it goes back to what we were saying earlier about you guys pick doubles, so <laughs> I'm quite happy to go with that. So, on a, a wee bit on a, a selfish note, I'm going to the game, so I, I do like being there. Well, if Wycon scores like first, it. you can have a double celebration. And you'll be hoping it's a wee bit more eventful than the, the last game you were at at uh, Fourth Bank. Aye, well, but I enjoyed my day. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was the first game that I'd went to with my son. Oh yeah, uh, he's he's nine, and uh, he lasted till maybe thirty-five, forty minutes in the first half, and he said he he was tired and he wanted to go home, but then we lasted the full ninety minutes. Then uh, once I got my juice, a fizzy pop at half time as a treat, just to keep him going. Aye, that's staying power for you. That's not bad. I was I was about that, uh, that age when I went my first game as well. So that's just it's a good age to go. Aye, it's cold. Aye, I, I, I was at, my first game was always in May. <laughs> so it's nice and sunny. Yeah. Right. Well, on that happy note, we shall end the podcast. And it's been a long one, as I said earlier, but uh, I think it's been it's been worthwhile. It's, there's been a lot to talk about. It's a Scottish Cup fourth round weekend. All sorts of excitement stuff. We've probably missed out a lot of other stuff as well. But uh, such is the way it goes when you're talking for. Yeah, aye, it's, I've really enjoyed it. It's been uh, excellent. Yeah. Talking. Yeah. There's something, there's something just fun about this weekend. Oh, it's probably it's the, the weekend I look forward to more than any other. Yeah, actually, I think a lot of people like that. And it's it's great that the uh, that the fourth round obviously used to be the third round, but uh, it's back to its traditional date in back January. January. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm 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 not much of a person for playing at this time of year. If I, but I would still, I, I mean, if I had a proper winter break, or if even if I went to summer football or something, I would start the second part of the season with this round of fixtures. Yeah. Because yeah. I think there's something special about this round of fixtures. Gets you in the mood, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. Aye. It's a good way to start the year. When it was in November, it was just, it was in the wrong place. Very much so. Alright, so that's uh, that's us for another podcast. Thanks everybody for listening, uh, especially since we have been going on for a while. And uh, a prize if you listen to this. But what you do <laughs> is if you just uh, email Andy, you, he'll he'll dish you out a prize. Yes, Casey Tenants <laughs> or something like that. Aye, would that be nice? <laughs> Absolutely. I might email myself now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, aye, uh, so so thanks for listening, everybody, and thanks for coming on, guys. It's been a pleasure. Cheers, thanks. Pleasure. Cheers. See you later. Bye.